things you should know right off the bat. I've had four cups of coffee. I'm a little nervous. Did I mention my name's Chadi? Yeah. Oh, um, this is a podcast for imperfect people, and uh, you should know that uh, I cry in corners. True story. family, this next series of episodes of the podcast are going to be the messages I've been preaching uh, over the last 2022-2023 uh, uh, here in my home church, Hope St. Pete. Uh, I pray that they bless you. I pray that they, I pray that they inspire you in your faith, grow you in your faith, and grow you in your feelings. Yep. Okay. Okay, Lord, we love you. God, you are all hope. We are anchored to you, Jesus. You are the epitome of a hope dealer, Lord. You didn't just give hope and connect people to hope. You were hope. So, Lord, I pray, Father God, as we begin this series, Lord, that you would deposit who we are as a church from our heads to our toes, from our mind to our heart, every bit of our words and every bit of who we are. Lord, you, this is your church. This is your message. Lord, I pray this revelation be your revelation and not mine, and I pray that your words would speak through me today, Lord God, and I just pray that we all walk out of here impacted and ready to be able to bring hope to all those around us. In Jesus' mighty name, everyone says, amen. So the thing you might not know if you don't serve on one of our teams is every week we do highs and lows. All the introverts just died a little bit inside. And so what we do is we stand around in a circle and we go, what was your high this week? Oh, this is what I did this week and this was my low. And uh, Mama Linda does this great thing. She doesn't give us lows. She says, I have opportunities. You know what I'm saying? So she, the Lord gives her opportunities, you know. She's, you know, you know so she just kind of like doesn't have lows. And, and so this week I thought instead of sharing my highs and lows uh, with our serving team, I was going to share it with all of you. So here it goes. My high this week is that uh, my husband... And, and Kaylee, who's an incredible friend and, uh, to our church and to me, and they kidnapped me on Tuesday after a couple really stressful weeks, and they took me to Disney World. Uh-huh. Happiest place on earth. It's not. If you work there, it's not happy. Anyway, it's not the point. But what was happening in Disney World was not, you know, <clears throat> all the rides and things. What we were doing, actually, is going to the wor- uh, wide world of sports because the Rays were playing the Yankees. Okay, so what you may not know is your girl is a big Tampa Bay Rays fan. Like, like it's a problem. Like, I have the hats now and the outfits. I'm killing it. Like, I'm a baseball fan as of last year. I just started being a fan. I don't really know what's going on, but I know them all. I'm very excited. I have nicknames for all of them. We go to the games. I don't know if you've ever experienced a Tampa Rays game. The Tropicana is air-conditioned. It's like the Lord brought me to a city, gave me a winning team, and said, you're never going to have to be hot again. I was like, I am Jesus' favorite. This is the best thing that has ever happened. And so I go to all the games. We, wa- we got the subscription to Bali so we can watch it online. Like, I have become a bougie baseball player. I'm not as bougie as Miss Laura, who's a Red Sox fan, but I thrive to be as awesome as she is. And so, I am a Rays fan. You're lucky I didn't wear my Rays hat today. It did not match my outfit. I tried. Also, I was outside yesterday, so my forehead's real burned because the way that my Cuban skin works, it doesn't darken. It just gets red. And so, I couldn't wear my hat today, but I love the Rays. So, they're going to go play the Yankees. I hate the Yankees. Whatever. 
So I'm like, yeah, we're going. Super hyped up on Mountain Dew. Kaylee, the queen of seats, got us the best seats. Oh my gosh. I mean, it was epic, okay? I'm talking about if foul balls came flying, they were flying our way. And so what had happened was we get out there and immediately realize it's 12 o'clock. And we're not at the Tropicana. We're outside. And it's hot. I don't think, I don't know, I don't know. I'm not the sports fan that does hot. I'm not a person who does hot, okay? I have to really love something to go outside and spend time in the middle of the day in Florida, right? At least that's what I thought. I was like, it's going to be fine. I'm a fan. I'm an amazing fan. We're there two minutes, and the ball, foul ball happens. All the players, it's amazing. I'm like, oh, my gosh, a foul ball comes flying right at us. And do I do what every good Christian should do and protect the little old man next to me? No. I ducked. And then, in panic, I say out loud, and they will attest to this, I just feel everybody should know if that happens again, I'm not going to help you. (laughs) And and the fun, drunk lady in front of me turns around with her beer and says, that's right. And then she, like, cheers me. And I was like, this is what it's come to. This is what I've become. I'm not a real fan. And then I'm like, no, pull yourself together. This is amazing. You're in the happiest place in the world watching your favorite team. I'm screaming at the players. It's incredible. And then I realize the board doesn't work. I'm like, Disney, what are we doing? (laughs) This is like Busch Gardens now. What are we doing? What are we doing? (laughs) The board didn't work. I don't know what's going on because I'm not a real fan. I'm like, are there strikes? Who's winning? You know, like, I think we scored. I don't know what's happening. Fourth inning comes around. Esteban looks at me and he goes, you good? I was like, yeah, I'm really ready to go. If we could just leave. We did. And we left. Came home very tired. And to be honest with you, I was a little demoralized because I thought I was a better fan than that. And then Kaylee and I decide we're going to be, you know, it's Women's History Month, so we're going to cook this month so Esteban doesn't have to. That's the joke in my house. You're welcome. Anyways, so, um, and we're at, we're at the local Publix. For all the Hispanics in the room, Publix. And so we're at Publix, and Kaylee immediately looks at me and she says, He's, you're going to know the person behind us. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm thinking they attend our church. I don't know. I'm not paying attention. I'm putting, and she looks at me again, very wide-eyed. She's like, look at the guy behind us. And I look. And I'm like, has he gone to our church before? I haven't met him yet. Has it? And I'm like, he looks really familiar. And she's like, look again. <laughs> and they wa- and mind you, she's in a raised shirt. He's a smiling at her. They're having a moment. And I'm just like, guys, this is embarrassing. I hope he doesn't recognize me as the pastor of our church because I don't know his name. And he walks by and she looks at me and she says, that's Taylor Walls, who's our sh- her shortstop who's a major deal on the Tampa Bay race, who has now walked by us, and then it hits me who it is. And and I turn into a weirdo, because that's what happens to me. I'm not a cool, like, I like like moonlight as being cool and collected. Kaylee's cool and collected. Stavon's cool and collected. Me, I'm immediately like, (laughs) 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 my level of embarrassment was real high. And I, but I'm, now I'm standing 
in the middle of the road at this point, and he's walking off with his family, and Kaylee's just mortified. She's just looking at me, and I'm like, (laughs) I didn't say anything. He just walked very quickly away. (laughs) And we're driving home, and I'm like, man, I really thought, like, you know what it is? Like, it was Taylor Walls. Like, I yell at him all the time and all the games. I missed a really great opportunity. And I felt the Holy Spirit show me this weekend as I was preparing for my message that we as Christians do the same thing with our faith. We say we're fans of Jesus until we're no longer in the Tropicana. We say we're like Jesus until the foul balls come flying. And then we just start telling people, "Um, I know that I said I was a Christian. Don't count on me. Not only that, people that are important, the Holy Spirit, the scriptures, things we we say we know real well will walk right on past us. And we're like, I don't know, is that like something I saw on Instagram or something? What is that? If we want to be hope dealers, we have to truly know hope for ourselves. We have to truly find hope for ourselves. We can't be counterfeit fans of Christianity. We have to know that regard. Do you know that they won 12 to 0? They beat the Yankees 12 to 0. I missed the most epic beating of the Yankees. All the Yankee fans cry. It's epic to watch them lose. And I miss that. I missed an epic victory. And we, as Christians, miss so many epic victories because the circumstances are not air conditioning, because the circumstances are full of foul balls, because the circumstances don't have the right food, the circumstances, the circumstances, the circumstances. And if we want to be true hope dealers, we have to bypass the circumstances and pursue Jesus even when things are hard. There's a story in the Bible. It's all throughout the Gospels. I'm going to read it in two different versions. Um, But it's a story about a blind man. Now, this one hits home because I'm pretty blind. Without my glasses, I wouldn't know who any of you are. It's happened. It's weird. One time, uh, I walked out of my room, and I put on my contacts, and I could miraculously see. And I was like, (laughs) I took my contacts out, and I couldn't see. It was like I could see without them, and I took them back out. And I was like, what's happening? So I was like, okay, for some reason, I woke up this morning, and I can see. Lord, did you heal me miraculously? And then I, like, put my contacts back on, and I couldn't see anything. And I took them back out, and I could see. And I started to cry, and I started a diatribe of, Lord, thank you for your healing. And then all of a sudden, my tears jarred my contacts that were stuck to my eyes already. (laughs) Guys, God wants you to see something in some of you today. God's already showing it to you. And you have everything you need for life and godliness to be a hope dealer in your life. So don't put on any extra contacts today. I want you to just listen with an open heart. Amen? And so we find Jesus. He has quite literally been going from miracle to miracle to miracle in chapter 9 of Matthews, which is where I'm going to start. He has literally walked out of old Jericho into new Jericho. And as Jesus passed from that space, blind men followed him, crying aloud, Have mercy on us, son of David. And when he entered the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said, Yes, Lord. And then he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith, be it done to you. And their eyes were opened. 
And Jesus sternly warned them, see that no one knows about it, but they went away and spread his fame anyway. I'm going to read it in Luke, but just so that you have it, Luke 18.35, same story. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting on the roadside begging, and he heard the crowd going by. Say, he heard. And so he asked, everyone says asked, what was happening, and they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And then Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. And when he came near, Jesus said, what do you want from me? What do you want for me to do? And the Lord said, he said, I want to see. And he said, receive your sight. You know, the thing about uh, coincidences and circumstances and walking out this hope dealer life is that sometimes we're going to walk out blind. Sometimes we're not going to have the vision to see everything. But what's so cool about this story is that this blind man, like it says he heard that Jesus was coming. Some of us are really struggling in life because we're not even listening to the Holy Spirit, to your pastors to people of authority, people who love you, people who are chasing Jesus. And so as we look at all of our senses today, I want you to know three things. And I'm just going to say it because I like to just give it to you from the beginning, so, and then I'll go back and break them down. But if you want to be a hope dealer, hope follows without vision. Hope cries out strategically. And hope believes the impossible. But let's start with hope follows without vision. There's a proverb that says, without vision people perish. But what happens is people think they can't follow if they don't know all the details and all the circumstances and all the things. But the reality of the situation is faith. Guess what that is? Faith. That's not knowing all the details. That's not knowing. That's not having all the vision. It's because you're trusting Jesus with the vision. And so we find this blind man. He has heard that Jesus is coming. People are rebuking him. And he follows anyway. How many of us are walking out our lives not following because we don't feel like we have all the details to whatever God wants us to do? I don't know my purpose, Pastor. I don't know who I'm going to marry, Pastor. I don't know what job I should have, Pastor. Yeah, but following Jesus has nothing to do with any of that. Following Jesus you do because you love him, because you know he's the hope of the world, because you know you need his hope, you need his truth, you need his love, you need all of those things. And again, you can't give hope if you don't first find hope for yourself. That's going to mean that some of us are going to have to pursue even though we do not, I mean, think about it. He heard, he heard, he said, now he's blind and he heard something. He was like, oh wait, something's happening. Okay, some of us are walking through life and it feels like that. It feels like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what God's going to do. And uh, you know, God, I don't, but I hear you. You know, it's funny how God always say, be still and know I am God. Because most of us look like that blind guy just walking around. And he says, be still and know that I am God. I love that verse in the Bible because every time I start running around worried about vision, I remember that he said, be still. He heard Jesus was coming and he followed. It then goes on to say that he cried out. He cried out, son of David, have mercy on me. Can I ask a real honest question? You can answer it to yourself. Don't like yell it at me because that would be weird. Who are you asking for help? Because hope cries out strategically. <laughs> are you going to the Facebooks? <laughs> when you have a problem and you need help, are you that person that goes to Facebook and immediately asks for help? Or do you not tell anyone and you go to Jesus? You know, um, I, I've recently been working 
on a book, and in that book it talks about um, mental health and um, how to deal with feelings, right? It's called I Cry in Corners. It's because I cry in corners, get it? And so um, one of the things that I was uh, talking about in the book is that um, <clears throat> Jesus did not have a teledoc. Jesus did not have a therapist. Yet Jesus dealt with the most horrifying situations known to man. Disappointment, betrayal. It says at one point that he was so overwhelmed in the garden, uh, betrayed and everything, that he, he, he actually had so much stress that it, like blood vessels popped in his head. I've never been that stressed. Have you ever been that stressed? I've been stressed, but that's a whole different level of stress. And the things that Jesus pulled from were um, his father, he was in constant communication and prayer with his father, uh, the scriptures, and he had a very dope community. Now, the community slept on, the, on this service. Yeah, they were not doing great. But he still had a community. And so I guess my question is, who are you reaching out to strategically, crying out strategically when you need hope? Is it the hope dealer? Is it Jesus, the, the hope that all of our hearts are anchored to? Because this blind guy, he said, son of David, have mercy on me. He knew exactly who was walking by him. That's the guy that I've heard healing the paralytic. That's the guy that I heard that the demons were fleeing. That's the guy that I heard is doing incredible, amazing, awesome things. When you are struggling, who do you cry out to? When you're in school, and students, when you're in school and you're struggling, and you need, God, you just need someone to open door. You just need a friend to walk over. Who do you cry out to first? Who do you text first? Early years of our marriage, I would text my husband first. And he would be like, did you pray about it? And I'd be like, oh, I hate you right now. Because he'd be like, no, apparently not. I texted you first. I used to text my mom all the time, too. Until finally they stopped giving me the answers that I needed and I went to the only person that could give me those answers. And the truth of the matter is, in the moments where I have been the most blind, in the moments where I didn't know what to do next, in the moments where I desperately needed to Jesus to intervene, and let me tell you, I've needed him to intervene. And then it goes on to say, Whew. and he said, hey man, are you, do you believe that I can do this? You know what's really gangster is they get in the house and they find him in the house. They're blind. Like, I just, has anyone else figured that out? Like, they had to go a ways. They were at the gate in Jericho, and they were like, I hear Jesus. And everyone's like, hey, shut your mouth. You're dumb. You sound stupid right now. And they're like, you shut your mouth. I'm going to find me some Jesus. Like, you're going to navigate so many haters in life and so many people that don't want you to be close to Jesus because it messes up their life. It messes up what they're doing. It messes up what their need is because they're following Jesus too. Some people were just following because, you know, it was like TMZ of the Bible. They just really wanted to, like, tell everybody about it. And then you had, like, the religious people following Jesus that really were just trying to pick a fight. And you have these guys that are desperate for hope. And yet, Jesus gets in the house, and they somehow, in the crowd, get in the house too. This wasn't in my notes, but I just want to encourage you and thank you for being in the house today. Because those that find themselves in the house will encounter Jesus. And when you encounter Jesus, you gain vision for what is next. And Jesus said to them, do you believe that I can do this? 
Hope believes the impossible. I wrote this down, that hope believes the impossible. So as a person who has been sick my entire life and watched God miraculously heal me of things like cancer and other girly issues, and many of you already know of of my journey with infertility and things of that sort, I've watched God do impossible things. I've watched God heal me and do things. I'm, I, the fact that I'm even alive. I spent the first three months of my life in an incubator. Like, I should not even be here uh, living and thriving and breathing. So when I think about the impossibilities of God, there is no doubt in my mind that God will meet your needs. Because I've seen it. Well, Chada, you still can't have kids. Yeah, but I've prayed for so many people and watched them get pregnant. I've seen God move supernaturally. I've prayed for people who have cancer and have watched tumors die. I've seen what God can do. And these people were standing in front of the healer of all healers, the king of kings who had come to earth to be love and hope personified. And he said, I believe some of you don't feel like you have hope because you don't really believe that the God, the king of kings, who said, let there be light and light has not stopped, could actually move on your behalf. Chadi, stop yelling. I can't. I'm Cuban. I try. I really try to dumb it down, and I just can't. Um, Especially when it comes to Jesus and impossibilities. And there's a hope, a vastness in our souls that calls to eternity. That faith, that vastness that calls from our eternity and our soul that was broken in the garden to all that God is in eternity. And that, that impossibility... Man, when you turn that on in your faith and you start believing God, you start walking into work going, I'm going to get a promotion today. I'm believing God to send me a check. I'm just believing it. I've seen it done. I've seen it happen. It's because you're a pastor. No, man, technically, I don't work for the church. I'm just married to the pastor, and he lets me preach. You know what I mean? Like, I'm in the marketplace just like you're in the marketplace. I have a side hustle just like many of you have a side hustle. I watch God move on my behalf on the daily when there is impossibilities in our finances, impossibilities within different things. I watch God move, and I believe it. So when there are moments where I don't know what God's going to do and I don't have vision, I stop, and I try to hear where he is. God, what are you doing? Where are you? Oh, you're in that weirdo's house? Okay, I'm going to just head over there. Okay, I'm just not going to listen to all the haters that are telling me this is weird and I won't do it. And I'm just going to set myself at your feet. And I'm going to say, God, I believe. Guys, if you want to be a hope dealer, if you want to be a person that goes out into your world and brings hope to others, you got to find it for yourself. Well, Chadi, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm a church. I'm here. Yeah, but are you the type of fan of Jesus that only shows up when you're in the Tropicana? Or are you the type of Christian that will stay for nine to ten innings in the sun with foul balls? Because I had to gut check myself this week. Because the reality of the situation is you got to deal with people. We just came out of a... uh, a peopling series. If you haven't seen it, go online, watch it on YouTube. It's hilarious. But like, dude, people are hard. People are people. And people are broken and in need of a savior. And it is his church that should be shining the brightest. And sadly, we're not. We're not. 
Not you guys, you're doing great. I mean like the big C church. You know, Pastor Jen and I have been talking a lot about what does it look like in this next season of our church? And I, I said to her this morning, I, it had to be the Lord because I'm really not that articulate. I was like, I'm just sick and tired of build, building experiences for people. I just want to build a safe place where people can, where people can be inspired for hope where people were, will be able to walk into a safe space and feel the love of God, where people will walk away with an understanding of the scriptures that makes it pertinent to their own life so that when they walk into their jobs, they can actually be able to speak life over people. I'll give you a perfect example of that. Um, a, a year ago today, uh, I asked the worship team to sing Build Your Church. I just felt like it was an anthem for this season. Did not know, didn't realize that they were going to sing it again today. I, I don't think it's a coincidence. And so when Rihanna began to speak over who we are as a church, for those that may have missed it where they're watching online, it was a moment in our worship experience where she began to speak about who we are as a church. It, 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 it impacted me very greatly. Like I had to get on my knees. Guys, there's so many people in need of your life and you speaking life over people, and you bringing hope into your situation. People need, we need you. Stavon and I can't be everywhere. Jen and Brian can't be everywhere. We need you. We need you in your schools. We need you in your jobs. We need you in your, in your families. We need you. The incredible thing about what's been going on the last couple of weeks is that we've had a lot of time with the people in our church a lot of dinners and hangouts and conversations, and I am hopeful. It has given me hope that this is not a coincidence, that this wasn't just a cool, fancy name. What you may not know is that when Pastor Jen and Pastor Brian launched the church many years ago, uh, somebody gave Pastor Jen a giving key that says the word hope. And there was a prophetic word given, a word that they believed this church to be a, a place of hope. And when Esteban and I were talking through names for the, for the church in this season, we thought of hope, but we did not know the story. I didn't even know that the verse God would give us, that God had given Pastor Brian that verse many, many years ago. Because when God wants to move, he will move even in the impossible. When God wants to move, he'll move it strategically. When God wants to move, he'll move even if things feel like there's no vision. And so I want to encourage you today to find hope for yourself. And so I'm going to land here. But if you're in the room today and you feel like you need hope, you know, one of the thing our church is so beautiful, this new mission statement that we have is that we are a community that unlocks hope for the others the ways, the truth, and the life of Jesus. Like, all we can give people is Jesus. Like, I ain't got nothing else. And my hope for you today, if you don't know this Jesus, the Jesus that the blind men chase down in a house, I would like to give you an opportunity today in our service to accept him as your Lord. And for some of you, you're like, no, I'm good, weirdo lady. We're going to pray the prayer anyway. So I'm going to pray, and then desire is going to come up. But my hope for you 
I'm going to read this verse over you. That the God of hope will fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we do that when we find hope for ourselves and we accept him into our heart and we chase him with all that we are. Our value is not just to follow Jesus, but to pursue Jesus. And pursuit looks real different. So I'm going to pray a prayer. And if we could all just pray that together, that would be uh, my heart's desire. So Lord Jesus, thank you for your hope. Thank you for your life. And I ask you to come into my heart and invade my life with hope. I believe that you came to the earth to die, to come, to raise again, and to set me free. So Lord, today, I accept your hope. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening uh, to the podcast. I hope that this message inspired you and that you leave, um, I don't know, encouraged, encouraged to continue to make Jesus famous in your world. And uh, yeah, just know I'm praying for you and I'm thankful for you. And uh, let's, um, I don't know, stay in touch. Send me a DM. Let me know how this message blessed you. And um, if you could be so kind, uh, leave me a review on the podcast. Uh, So whether it's on Apple or whether it's Spotify, I'd love to hear from you. All right, guys. uh, I'll talk to you later. Love you, weirdos.